Welcome to Insights and Sound, where we talk to the people behind the scenes, behind the technology, and behind the music. People you may not know, but you should. And please check out getitinwriting.net forward slash shows for a full list of our podcasts and YouTube series. Our guest is live sound engineer and signal to noise co-host Michael Lawrence. Hey, Dan. And that's that's only a, a small smattering of his many talents. So um, we'll get into that in a minute here. But first, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I, I, I was just telling you uh, before we started talking here that, uh, well, I guess technically while we were talking, <laughs> but I, uh, I leave for a tour tomorrow. So today's been kind of a weird day for me, you know. Right. And you're also in the Northeast where they're having like a cold snap and 400 feet of snow or something, right? Yeah, it was uh, yesterday. I said to my girlfriend, let's take the dog for a walk. And she's like, it's minus three. You know that, right? So, uh, yeah, it's pretty not it's very hostile outside right now. Definitely want to stay indoors. Mm. Yeah, nice. That's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good word. That's very diplomatic of you. Yes. Yes. Well, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was your career path because it's like my own way all over the map. Yeah. And, you know, I've always been fascinated by how people get where they are because, you know, like none of us really ends up just going, Oh yeah, I'm going to get this job and I'm going to keep it forever. That's, I mean, you know, I guess that was like, you know, maybe in our grandparents' generation, but you in particular have been, really like a lot of different roles played a lot of different roles over the years everything from uh you know a a magazine writer and editor uh to you know tech docs writer to running a show to uh systems systems tech and i mean all sorts of stuff what's your what's your actual background i mean you come to it as a musician who just like really got into tech or what yeah, I mean, I, I think like a lot of people, um, I went to school for music. I'm a graduate of Berkeley, but not for audio. And and I kind of, you know, have the same thing growing up where we all have this attraction to music and just sort of the emotional power that comes with that and the ability to deliver these life-changing experiences to people. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I, I just sort of realized I was kind of better at the audio part of it. And then I was more interested in the live part of it. Uh, and that, that's sort of, I, it's, it's very weird to me because I never did the whole high school guidance counselor. What do you want to be when you grow up thing? And let's put the stepping stones in place. I literally, I had a friend say to me, I'm not, I'm not actually sure that she meant it as a compliment, but I, I treasure it anyway. She said, if you woke up tomorrow and thought taming elephants was interesting, you would just go and do that. And, and so it's just, I'm literally just kind of bouncing around bumper car style going, oh, this looks interesting. I think I'll go do that for a little bit. Friend. You know? <laughs> I, I, I'm the same way, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there was no master plan. I'm just kind of following my nose, you know. So, but the, you know, the, the thing that fascinates me is what was the aha moment for you? Like for me, for example, um, I was a live, you know, I was a musician too, and I was gigging live and everything. And the first time a band I was in went into the studio I was just mesmerized, man, the twinkly lights and everything, you know, right. and I was more drawn to studio because, uh, you know, I like the idea of getting a do over sometimes and stuff, you know. Um, but, you know, <laughs> what was it for you where you all of a sudden, like, you know, looked over at front of house and said, oh, I want to drive that? I was I distinctly remember this moment. I was 14 years old 
And uh, the, my older cousin was a couple years ahead of me in school and he was talking to the chorus teacher and he didn't want to run the sound for the talent show. And I, I didn't know that at the time, but looking back as an adult with his perspective, I realized what was happening is he didn't want to run the sound for the talent show. And he said, hey, maybe Michael can do it. And I thought I was getting away with something. I was like, <laughs> that's a thing. I'm allowed to do that. Right. And so then they let me do it. And, um, you know, a year goes by and they start pulling me out of class in high school to come and set up sound for the meetings and stuff. And I realized like, Hey, I think this is fun and cool, but the context was no one else there knew how to do it. So I thought I was getting away with something and they thought they were getting away with something. And so then, you know what I mean? Then I was like, okay, maybe I could like do this for a living. So, but it, it was the initial thing was just, wow, this is really cool. Um, and wow, if you're going to let me be around this gear, yeah, let's do it. You know? And, and so that's kind of where it came from for me. Were you, impressed by the whole i mean you know i've i've i have not done live sound nearly as many times as you have i've done it a few times but the thing that blew me away the first time i was in front of a front of house mix mixer was the power like mm -hmm. holy shit you've got like you know serious decibels in front of you i mean there's a there's something sort of mesmerizing about that too isn't there it's it's very, and this is a comment that not many people can make, but it's very similar to conducting an orchestra, right? Because I've done both of yep. those things and, and it's the same thing. You're a conduit. You're not the source of this energy and you're not really the recipient of the energy, but you're, you're, you're conducting the energy. It's, and it's, it's um, I think being able to get your fingers in that process and shape it and, and help the audience sort of soak it up is a really cool kind of thing. You know, um, I don't want the spotlight on me, but I like participating in that process because it's a really, um, it's a very fulfilling process. It's a great observation actually. And then, you know, in the same way, it's like anything else, it's yours to either do well or screw up. But I mean, you know, I think much like in the studio, what you're trying to do is you're trying to bring it across, as you say, you're part of the process. You're trying to bring it across as, as, as good sounding, but as unadulterated as possible. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's one aspect that I really like is that, um, you know, most people go to a show and they sit down and they're just, you're totally a passive participant in this. Like you go oh, this is my reality for the next two hours. And if it's bad sound, it's just bad sound, but we don't settle for that. We can change it. We can actively make it better if we want it to. But, you know, the other thing that I think is, is really interesting to that point is um, it, it's, you know, the, the, the spectrum between we just, we're, we're delivering this experience, but we're shaping this experience. We're optimizing this experience. And man, we are huge stakeholders in this pro. I mean, it, no yeah. one asked for, a t for, for their ticket refunded because the costume was bad. That's never happened. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. like bad yeah. sound every night. I mean, somewhere in America, some person is going to go and complain about the sound and want their money back. So like, this is a really, there's a, there's a lot of important stuff that goes into this. And if you do it right, people just go, yeah, I like the show. You know, so yeah. it's a ton of work yeah. to be invisible, man. But um, it's it's a very cool kind of like Zen process, I think, when you really yeah. nail it. You're right. If you do it right, nobody notices you. But if you do it wrong, boy, are you in trouble? Yeah, yeah. I don't like when you're when they're turning around and heads are turning. That's not a place you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now for you also, since you have this this other side of your background in terms of understanding a lot of the digital technologies, you know, I mean. Your, your work with rational acoustics and all of that, that's, again, another whole world there because, you know, I mean, we are 
we are long past the era where people just set up a speaker cabinet and hope for the best. Yeah. And, and it's good. Cause I, you know, being a skinny frail person would not have been able to participate in, in the <laughs> art of live sound in the 85 when it was just about how much can you lift? Right. Like, so right. we're now in an era where anybody can do this work if you want to take the time to understand it. And, and yeah, I think, you know, being a systems engineer and also like the fact that I'm so specialized into, into measurement, um, you know, working on smart and teaching other people how to use smart and measurement theory. It's, it's an area of a niche market that is in itself a niche market, you know, and most of the, most of the live sound engineers out there still think we're doing some arcane magic thing. It is it's black magic. We know that. Come on. <laughs> so, so I, I think to me, there's, there's some real, um, as an, as an inquisitive person, there's some real reward in just being able to get under the hood and figure out how this works and objectively be able to see the differences and, and, you know, again, not just, you don't have to take it for what it is. We can, we can characterize this and we can quantify this and we can change it if we want. And so sound, we can't see sound, you know, like we can only hear it. And so I think what really draws my interest to something like smart is like, you can actually quantify for yourself what's happening. And, and, and there's a ton of information to be gained there. If you understand what it's telling you. I think that's it. And that's, you know, I mean, you talk to a lot of people who say, you know, you almost have to be an IT person in order to really get into audio on that level. And it's really true. I mean, you have to have a completely different set of skills, but at the same time, you still have to have those basic skills of knowing how to listen. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I remember I was talking with Bob McCarthy, you know, who's you know kind of the pioneer of of that whole part of the industry, yes. and he said like one thing that younger people are going to have to deal with that I I escaped completely was networked audio, and he's absolutely right. I mean, everything's networked now, so if you don't understand at least the basics of how a network goes together, you're not going to be a very good system engineer. Yeah. Um, or, or, or you will be until something stops working, you know, <laughs> like, at which point you need a systems engineer. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but no, I, I, I think, you know, that's, that's becoming such a big part of this. Um, but in a way I really like that because again, it's, it's, it's sort of, this is becoming brain work, not, not physical labor. And so there are a ton of really freaking smart kids out there who just breathe this networking stuff in and out. And it's like, you can have an awesome job doing this type of thing, you yeah. know? It's true. Although I think, you know, there, that's where your old school stuff comes into play too, because, you know, to me, I think the idea, you know, the, the best, the best live sound engineers that you and I both know, they'll tell you, you know, the first thing I want to do is go and hear the band. And if I can go into a rehearsal space and hear them or something like that, because what you're trying to do, as, as you said, is you're a conduit. You want to make them sound just like they sound only bigger. And, you know, the whole idea of knowing the art of listening, you know, the art of being able to, I mean, there's, there's a certain art form here of, you know, listening to this content, whether it's a, whether it's a, a duo or whether it's a huge, you know, 10 piece band with horns or whatever, to be able to, in some ways, pick out every little part of it. But, you know, we're, so we're, we're breaking it down and then we're blending it together so that it actually forms a cohesive sound. And the idea of knowing how to listen like that, hmm. that's, that's where you're starting. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a really interesting thing. Like I, I, there's an article on ProSound Web and it's like, hey, the 32nd time I listened to Call Me Maybe, I heard an acoustic guitar. Right. You know, and it's like, yep. where was that? It was there the whole time. You just didn't hear it. So I, we do need this ability to really, really zoom in. But, but at the same time, we're, we're 10,000 feet. 
Yes. You have to do both because you get into this tweaking your vintage compressor plugin and you're like, wait, the vocals are buried right now. So it's really hard to maintain sort of both scopes at once. But the people who, like you said, the people who we both know who are really, really good mixers, that's what they're doing all the time. And that's mm-hmm. something you have to train yourself to do, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's true. And so you come to it with both sets of skills. I think, you know, as a musician yourself, that's that's really important. And I think that's why uh, somebody who comes to this kind of a gig with some kind of basic background and understanding of and a love of music, you don't have to be a virtuoso player. You just have to have a love of listening to music and understanding what you're listening to. Yeah, you know, and to me, it's been really helpful to talk when I have to talk with artists about their sound or it might be there's you know why isn't this working is it a mixed thing is it because there's a oh no it's because you put a sharp nine in that dominant chord and that that shouldn't be there like those are and so we can have that conversation and it's very productive because having a vocabulary yeah yeah we have a we have a vocabulary and 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 it's really funny i was working on uh, west side story a couple years ago and there's this, you know, this is chord, uh, diminished chord at the end of G Officer Krupke. Yep. And I was like, I went to the, the the choral director and I said, I need to know who's singing that that sharp four because I'm trying to mix that chord and it's not balancing for me out front. And as soon as I started talking music theory with him, his eyebrows went up and because it's not the expectation that that we're going to be able to talk to them in that way. And we had that common vocabulary and then we very quickly were able to work through what we needed to do. And so that that has really been a cool thing for me is like like well let's talk about this in a way that makes sense to you and then we'll we'll be more productive Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and also i think it enables you to see the whole big picture in the sense of understanding what the musicians are are feeling and seeing the same way you know if you've if you've ever done monitors Mm. you understand what that's all about you know and you know, for you as a systems tech, you wouldn't be the kind of systems tech you are without prior experience at front of house, for example. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I talk about the brain flip and what I mean by that is when I'm standing next to front of, and I just had this happen three weeks ago at a gig, I'm standing next to the front of house mixer and I'm listening to the PA as a system engineer and I'm listening to its linearity. I'm listening to its tonal response. I I'm hearing the, you know, what's happening with the box and the air in between my ears in the box. Yep. And then front of house goes, Hey, I got to run backstage and take care of something. Uh, can you mix the last song? Soon as your hands hit that console, man, that brain is like, bloop. Now I'm, I'm listening to the, like the perception is totally different. And so, you know, it's, 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 it's not that my hearing changed. It's about how my brain is processing, you know, and, and that's a really, it's, it's, it's such a dramatic change that it's jarring. I think if you're not ready for it, you know, I find it, I find it takes a couple of seconds to kind of regroup and settle in because to me, it's such a, it's such a change, but yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, that is when I'm able to, I mean, something as simple as says, should this be fixed in the mix or is this a problem with my PA? Mm-hmm. That's an important question. And, and that can lead you down a, a bad path if you don't get the answer right before you try to fix something. You know what I mean? So, right, right. So even something as simple as that, um, yeah, having having a musical background really kind of makes you better at those types of things, for sure. And, and not just the having a musical background, but I think on the larger scale, the, the idea of being able to be empathic enough to understand how all these pieces fit together. You know, it's like you talk about that brain flip, the idea that, you can do that, you know, the idea that, you know, I mean, 
obviously it would never happen. But if all of a sudden you had to get up on stage and play guitar, you know, I mean, those kind of things, you know, not that it's going to happen, but that you have been in that seat too, you know, and having sat in all of these different seats, I think really makes a difference in terms of your ability to do your job better. Yeah. You know, unquestionably, you know, and a lot of it is, uh, you know, being able to, to say like musically uh, that tone is like, I mean, there's so many recordings I can think of where the snare tone, I'm like, I would never mix a snare like that, <laughs> but it's perfect for this. You know, it's exactly what it wants to be. And so I think like you're talking about understanding what the art is, what, what's the, what's the artist trying to communicate here? Mm-hmm. Cause we're going to talk about being a conduit. I need to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. What's your vision? I want to understand what is the artist trying to communicate so I can make sure that it's, it's being impactful as it's designed to. And if it's not, then I know where do we start this conversation about what can we do to make this better? I, you know, I need to understand what you're trying to communicate here. Right. How can I, you know, not only convey your vision, but do it in such a way that if anything, I'm adding to it without coloring it, you know, but I'm understanding what it is you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, and it's, that is a very, you know, it's kind of funny. And, and I think system engineers are often like, it's a, it's a very, let's be honest. It's a very objective work. It's not like mixing where there's such a huge helping of artistic interpretation in there. Um, right. But, it either sounds good or it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you know, it, it's, you can go, yeah, the front fills are 4 dB louder than the rest of the, the coverage area. Like that's an objective thing. It's a number. It's, you know, it's like a scale, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but the overarching thing here at the very high level of this is exactly what you're talking about. Well, let's, you know, how do we communicate the the vision of the show and yeah. what sort of listening experience? And when we talk about subwoofer arrays, what sort of visceral experience do we want to give people at the show? Right. You know? What is the user experience? That's ultimately yeah. what we're delivering. And we think about the 300 levels in the arena. They're all the way in the back. They're 220 feet from the PA or whatever. We have the technology to remove these psychoacoustic cues that make that sound far away. We can make it feel close, but should we, is it appropriate? Is, I don't know. Is the artist face on a, on a 50 foot video screen or are they looking at a person who's way far, you know I mean? Those, those things we, at the end of the day, we're humans and we're going to listen to a show. And so like, we have to understand how we interpret things as listeners. And, and so it's objective right until it gets to the ear, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that stuff is a big part of that conversation, um, especially when all the other ducks are sorted out, you know, and, and, and you, you really want to be thinking about those things if you want to do it, do a good job and do it with impact, you know? And, you know, sort of segueing here to something else, part of what I think also has been helpful for you is the fact that you, have worked in communicating this kind of information. You know, you've written articles about it, you've written tech papers and stuff. And having played that role myself too, I know that a lot of times writing this stuff out, writing an article about something is the best way to educate yourself on it too. You know, we you, learn a lot by teaching other people. Yeah, you find out where the holes in the Swiss cheese are very quickly, Right. As soon as you, and, yes. and it's also, yes. it's also not about, I mean, a lot of us have sort of a functional understanding of an idea and, oh, I was taught this. And so, yeah, to be able to explain it on five levels, you know, like there's those YouTube videos yeah. out there, yeah. right? But yeah, it's like, how would I explain this to my mother, you know, who's a smart woman, but has no background in, in audio engineering yep. um, all the way up to how to explain this to, to a student or a mentee or, or a colleague, 
um, another person who's a professional systems engineer, like you to get that depth on it, it's a much different understanding than kind of the cursory understanding that you just might carry. Like you really have to sort of push yourself to clarify things and you hit a speed bump, you start real quickly, you go like, oh, is that actually true? Like someone told me that and I've been repeating it for 10 years, but is it actually true? Like you get to those things and then, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, that can be a very difficult uh, process for people. Well, that can it, be a rough ride. It, it can. And especially, I mean, even if it is true, the question is, is it an adequate description to really get it across to, as you say, a, a more of a layperson, for example? Yeah. And that's, you know, the, the cardinal sin of people who know about things is that they almost always give too much information, you know? So you're, you're I call it cooking the spinach. I go, how do we, how do you boil this down until you can't boil it down anymore without losing important stuff? And then that's, that's what you teach to somebody, you know, the, yeah. the context is everything. I call it, um, I think the analogy of like finding the thread, like we've got this just bowl full of ideas and I need you to understand all these ideas. If you're going to take my course or whatever, or read my article or whatever, but mm-hmm. not just shotgunning ideas at you, the, the thread and the logical progression from one idea to the next idea is, is what makes or breaks this communication. And so a lot of work goes into not just the ideas, but how am I presenting and what order am I presenting? What's the scope of this? You know, the meta stuff. Yeah. I think that's especially the challenge for, you know, when we were talking earlier about the, the whole idea of let's say students not knowing that this is a gig that exists, you know, how do you explain that to them in such a way that, you know, because I, I think for the most part, most of the students that we see coming into audio schools, they understand the idea of I can either work in a recording studio or I can work live, but either way, I'm just running a console. And to explain to them all of the, the real vagarities of each individual job and how it fits into the whole ecostructure and everything, that's, that's a challenge to do, I think. Yeah, and it's becoming more of a challenge because we're becoming more specialized by the day. I mean, the example is RF coordinator. Mm-hmm. That's a whole gig. I mean, I have friends that are just, you know, t- worldwide experts at this. Yep. And that wasn't a thing 15 years. That was just not a job that somebody did. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, 15, 20 years ago, you didn't see one guy backstage with a whole bunch of bo- a belt packs, you know, lined yeah, it's, up. And, yeah. it's, it's, it's really amazing that someone is able to just kind of pioneer that into a whole and, – and, it's you know, it's interesting. I was chatting with a mentee the other day, and she was like, well, I really like live sound, but I, I really don't like mixing. And she's like, I was really stuck on this. And then I kind of realized that, oh, system engineering, like, she's like, this is perfect. Like, I love this. I can Uh do this. And so I think half the battle is just getting people, getting them a fair shot at even exposing them to the idea. And hey, does this sound interesting to you? You know, is this something that that you want to learn more about? Just that initial kind of, you know, offering of here's a, here's a concept. Does this perk your ears up at all? Like that's, that's a, that's a big thing. You know, yeah, and that's you know the conversation that I have with a lot of people about that is the idea that you know you when you start out you have this one vision of what you're going to do, and then there's all this other stuff that kind of you know not sidetracks you but just comes along as you know things you didn't expect, connections you didn't expect, and opportunities you didn't expect, and uh, you know you can you can say all the old cliches about you know, just showing up and stuff like that. But really it's true because if you just show up and if you're there for those opportunities, 
you know, the same way that, uh, you know, I'm sure that you just got thrown the opportunity to write a magazine article one day, you know, which is it's certainly how it happened to me, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, you know what, people make money doing this, you know, and, and I think there's this sort of, um, as the landscape opens up, and you see all of these other opportunities, they all, they all sort of come together, and you realize that, man, there's a lot of stuff out there that I didn't think I'd ever be doing. Yeah, and I think, and that's something you know. We talk a lot about about mentorship, and it's obviously a big part of what we're doing with our with our podcast community. Yeah, it's in Illinois. I mean, it's we we really really push hard on that, and it's something that I tell all of the people that I talk to. If you had gone to me when I was walking into my first day at Berkeley when I was eighteen, and said, "Hey, um, in twenty twenty two, you're going to be publishing papers on um, extracting audience cheering from sound level measurements at concerts. Like I would say, get out of here. What are you talking about? Like that's so far off from what I really wanted to do with my life, mm -hmm. you know, and that's totally okay. And so there's so much push for young people to like define what you want to be. And then let's work towards that. And like, that's fine. Like goals are really good, but like, it's not gospel. And if you decide that you like something else, that's okay. And you have to be honest with yourself about that. And that's going to change. And that's okay too. You know? I um, mean, I think that really scares a lot of people and I get it, but, um, but I, I, I'm kind of pushing people to just be more honest with themselves about that. Not only more honest with yourself, but also I think just more open-minded to the idea that, you know, something that I don't think is what I really had in mind could end up being something that's actually pretty damn cool, you know? Yeah, and 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 also uh, a comfort level. Like yeah. I, I have a close friend who, if she's not on that predefined path, she's really really anxious. And I'm like, just go and see if you like it. And if you're not getting married, if you don't like it, then don't do it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, so just being having like sort of internal peace about trying a new opportunity that's maybe not what you thought. Like, I think that's sort of what we're talking about here. Yeah, because even if you don't like it, it has it has put a new experience in your head. Yeah, I mean, I I've done all sorts. I mean, I I did lighting design for a show one time, and I don't want to do it again. And it <laughs> probably wasn't great, but like I I learned a ton from doing that, and I and that, that's valuable information for me. And guess what? As part of my work, when I do theater shows, I have to talk to lighting designers. Yeah, I try to avoid it. I try to hide in the you know in the other corner of the theater when I see him come in. But no, we have to we have to have these conversations and and having a little bit of a slice of trying to do the job that they do really helps that when I need to have those conversations, like, you know, that I really can understand what they're trying to do and what they're going for. And so you just milk every little thing, even if you hated it, like, man, it's still valuable. Like I'm still going to, as my dad would say, it's another drop in the bucket, you know? It's true. I mean, I, you know, I always knew that I wanted to be a studio engineer, you mm -hmm. know, and work in the studios because that's the environment I liked. I did enough live sound to think, oh God, I hate this because, you know, I, the, the pressure of the moment is a little too much for my brain, you know, but at the same time, it enables me to talk to live sound people and understand what they're going through, you know, and I think that's really an important thing just to be able to, to sit in those roles, just even, even if it's just for a minute, you know, yeah. and you might discover something in there that you go, oh, wow, this is actually cooler than I thought. Who knows? Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I remember when, you know, one of my first jobs when I joined Rational Acoustics was Jamie said, hey, we're bringing out a version of Smart that's just just SPL measurement and your gigs to write the user guide. And I was like, I remember thinking like, that sounds super boring. You know what I mean? Like that was my thought to myself. <laughs> and it's 
the and I've spent like two years down that rabbit hole now, and I've like published research on it now. Like it's there's a lot of really cool stuff there if you just give it a chance, you know. And it's I'm now I'm super interested in this topic. Um, and so yeah, I think I think putting like speed bumping yourself there that can be harmful, man. Like just just have an open mind a little bit. Give it give it a shot, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you know that that kind of segues nicely into the stuff that you guys do with the Signal and Noise podcast too, because you. You really, um, I mean, first of all, I love the idea of, you know, what we're all doing to contribute to our community here. And I think what's really important to me is that, you know, being able to pass this wisdom on, being able to pass this, these kind of little things on to people who are just coming into the industry and are really kind of overwhelmed by it because we all talk shop, you know, Mm -hmm. and we all talk stuff that, I think if I was walking into a room full of audio people cold for the first time in my life, I'd either be terrified or bored stiff. Yeah. Or I mean, I, my girlfriend goes to trade shows and we go out to dinner with, you know, and it's, you know, it's a bunch of people in her and she just has to sit there and take it. Right. So I, I, you know, you know, for me, I think it's also, um, it's, but not reinventing the wheel to some extent. Like, I mean, you've got the kid who's going to mix the high school musical for the first time. And it's like, Hey, you, we have people in our group who mix professional theater. And yeah. this thing that you're trying to figure out, that's been figured out. There are people, you know what I mean? So let's connect you with the person who mixes Hamilton or the person who mixes Jagged Little Pill or like we ask them that question. And so then you have the kid who's 16 doing that and they're doing it the way they do it on Broadway. They're going to be a monster in five years, you know? Yeah. And so that's, you know, let's all benefit from this. For, you know, I, I do one theater show a year, but man, I call a lot of friends and say, how do you know, help me out with this. And then you go out and you do it. And it's, and you're like, it's, this is way better than what I could have done on my own. It's true. It's true. You know? And the, the support of the community, man. I mean, that's, you know, yeah, it's great for students, but you're right, man. We use it. Every single one of us uses it every day, you know, and that's one of the wonderful things about this industry that I've always loved, man. It's like, you know, every single person you talk to is a conduit for something, you know, uh, we all like share. To, yeah. And, you know, there's this idea that I hate about like a totem pole and where are we on the totem pole and upward mobility. I think that like we're all kind of, we all it's got a landscape. Really bad, man. Yeah, it's we're a landscape. We're all the same pond though. Yep. Right. So, I mean, I got a, all the time, I got a buddy who will call me about some measurement thing or trying to get something to work in smart or how would you tune this PA or whatever. And then the next day I'm calling them because I'm trying to do something on a mixing console that I've never used before. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to call this dude because he knows everything about this particular console. We, we're, we got to build each other up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we all have little areas that we are, you know, that are our specialties, whether we, whether we promote it or not, yeah. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And, it's and, true. uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's really funny being in the kind of on the application support side of things, or it's like, Hey, I'm going to call rational acoustics. Cause I'm trying to do this thing. And like, Oh, I'm sorry to bother you for calling. I'm like, dude, I love this. Like, it is crazy to me that you're going to call my phone. I get to talk to you about how to do something with system measurement and someone's going to pay me for that. Are you kidding me? That's the coolest thing ever. Like I, that kid in the candy store has never gone away from me. It's you true, know? man. And especially, I, I think the, the really great feeling is when it's somebody who, in, in, you know, on a certain level you admire, you know, absolutely. it's like, you know, I've, I've never been more honored than, you know, when some big engineer or front of house person or whatever calls me and says, man, I need your advice. Like, you know, me, you want to talk to me? I mean, yeah, it yeah. feels so good to be able to, and, you know, because also we know that these people have helped us. Exactly. No. That's kind of my like, dude, I've learned so much from you. I mean, I remember 
uh, one example, I was, I just did a festival out in California and, and Lizzo's front of house engineer, Kyle Hamilton is mm-hmm. a dude who I've been reading about in the trade mags and just following for years. You know, I remember being a teenager and going, wow, he's doing some really cool stuff. And so I'm out there and I'm the, I'm the sound level dude. So I have the job of going like, Hey, you got to turn it down. Like that's, you know, like not a, not a super popular job, right? The noise and, police. <laughs> yeah. And so I got to talk to Kyle and he came right over and said, Hey, are my levels okay. And, and we looked at the data together and I was just like, man, this is, I said, I got to tell you, I was like, dude, I've been following you forever. And man, it's so cool to, to be working with you. And, and he was super respectful and it was a really easy day. And I was just like, man, that was awesome. You know? So um, to be able to make his day easier and to, you know, that's like, that's a cool moment to just kind of give it back a little bit, you know? It's true, man. It's true. I mean, that when I used to do artist relations for sure, and I would be at Montreux, you know, it would be that, that kind of experience almost every day where they'd be yeah. like some engineer or even, you know, some artist just walking in and I'm feeling like, Oh my God, I'm just honored to be in the same room with you. And then to have the opportunity to actually use some of your smarts to help those people yeah. out. Like, let me, let me make a contribution here. I remember uh, my friend, yeah. Jim Rose. Uh-huh. It was out with the Melissa Etheridge tour. And Jim's another one of those people that if you're paying attention to that particular part of the industry, you hear oh, his yeah. name, you've learned from his videos and his articles, and he's just constantly educating, educating, educating. And so I go out to help him out with some stuff and I go, oh yeah, hold on, click, click, click. He goes, oh my God, this is perfect. Like, this is exactly what I've always wanted it to do. Thank you so much. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like, trust me, I'm, I'm thrilled about this. You know, it, it, <laughs> it's that's a really cool thing where I get to, I get to give a little bit back to someone that I've learned so much from. That's very rewarding, you know? Pretty awesome, man. Well, I love what you guys are doing with the podcast too. Um, you know, I think for all of us, the ability to be able to share this kind of wisdom and, you know, I, I, and I actually, I really like the, the triumvirate of you three guys together because it's so, it, you know, just being on your show, man, is just a blast because you guys just keep everybody laughing, but at the same time, you know, there's valuable stuff in there, man. You know what? And that's something that um, we've we've taken some criticism in the past for not preparing. Like, you know, you've been on the show. We don't prepare. Yeah. You know, we'll look at your LinkedIn or whatever. But but what we found out very quickly is if we do a ton of research and we have you on and you're an expert in something, the only person who doesn't know what's going on now is is the listener. And so if you're like, we want to make a resource for young people, I'm trying to make the resource that I wish I had when I was 15 interested in audio, yeah. you left them in the dust immediately. So we, Good point. we will ask you, you can tell us stuff and we're going to ask, the, we'll ask the dumb questions. So the kid doesn't have to, you know, and so they're right there with us now. And, and it's very, very loose. It's so we've, it's really interesting. You know, a lot of people, it's funny that they go, oh, I'm really nervous about this. And after it's like, Oh, that was, that was super fun. It's like kind of hanging out at Denny's and just talking shop. Like that's what we want. And that's, it's better. And it's accessible. And what I love about that is, you know, the role that, that Chris and Kyle and we all kind of work really hard to make that vibe be what it is and to keep people comfortable and 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 we get really cool stuff out of them and, and it's approachable. So you can, episode 135 can be your first episode that you listen to and you're not going, I don't know what's happening. I don't know any of these inside jokes. Like you're just in and it's it becomes valuable to you. And that's something that's really, really important to me. I, I really... I don't like gatekeeping stuff. Um, I really don't like that. Yeah. I, I, you know, if you want to, if you want, I, you know, again, one of my mentees recently, she was told, you're not ready to learn that. 
or you won't understand that. So I'm not going to teach it to you. And I'm like, that's nonsense. Like, that means you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's what that means. That's, right? that's so, what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. So I go, look, I will tell you what I'm doing. I'll tell you why I'm doing it. It is up to you to decide whether or not you want to use that or not use that. That's fine. But um, I, and I, if I don't know, I'll ask somebody. Yeah. And let's, yeah. hey, oh, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, I, I remember, and this is, this is one of those life-changing moments, right? Ethan Weiner, longtime mentor of mine, you know, mm-hmm. put, wrote a, you know, the, the known as the audio Mythbuster guy. Indeed. Watch this guy's videos. I read his book. I'm like, this dude knows everything. It's amazing. So I call him up because I don't, I got a question. I'm gonna call him. I don't care. I found his phone number on his website. They don't call him. Right. So I call him up. I ask him a question. He goes, I understand what you're asking, but I don't know the answer. And I was like blown away by that, that he was so gracefully was able to go. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. And then he, I don't call like MIT or I don't know. He called somebody smart and got the answer. And we both learned. And I was like, what a lesson that the guy who wrote the book called The Audio Expert immediately was okay with going, yeah, I don't know the answer to that question. And and didn't turn into a pillar of salt and was not blackballed <laughs> from the industry. Like, it, it's okay. And then you learn, you know, and, and what a huge lesson that was for me. And I see it, you know, I like you pointed out, I mean, I, I get to talk to Bob McCarthy and Jamie Anderson and Pat, like pioneers, and they are all so graceful when they're wrong and they find out they're wrong and they're so graceful and man, it's such a model, you know? Yeah. I I think that's really true. And I think part of that comes from the idea of, I guess you would call it disarming people, you know? I mean, to me, because you guys do the same thing that I try and do, which is, as you said, I want it to be a conversation, you know, at Denny's or at the Hilton bar, you know, something like that where, you know, because let's face it, the people behind the scenes, most of the time we have better stories, you know, we have the sure. best stories, you know, <laughs> sure, yeah. and yeah. at least those we can share, you know, but, but the point being that once you achieve that level of camaraderie, that peer to peer kind of conversation where you're in certain ways able to approach someone on that level, you know, not only are you going to get the great stories, but you're also going to get the real unvarnished answers to your questions. And if they don't know, you know, mm. it's going to become like you say, a, a, you know, a search and destroy kind of mission, whatever it is, but you're going to be able to really be sharing wisdom on such a different level, I think. And it, and it, it's honestly, I've never seen like, it's 2022. So we're in the age of YouTube and Facebook and a lot of people saying mean things and uninformed things. And that's just kind of sort of, you know, this is our reality yep. in, in the modern era. We have had people come on the show and say stuff that I'm like, I don't agree with that. But that's not the it's not the hey, only say stuff we agree with on our show show. That's not right. Um, We're presenting a dialogue and we're having people share their experiences and their backgrounds and their approaches. And our listeners are, are super smart and they're super principled people. And we've never, ever, ever had to like block a Facebook post because people were shitting on each other or whatever. Like we've never had that. It's always respectful. It's it's always about the dialogue and it's very mature and it's very professional. And we haven't imposed that upon the community. They've done it. You know, that's, it sort of happened on its own. And I'm really, really proud of that because you well, just I don't think, see that. Yeah. And I think we, we kind of police each other and our poli- police ourselves a little bit too, in this community. I mean, I, that's one of the things I love about it is that there are, there are a lot of really, really great people and not too many assholes. Yeah. And, and I think that's some really important for the early career people. Yeah, because, you know, I had a very early on in my career, I had a a real asshole at a venue that I was touring through. And if I were a little bit less headstrong kid, 
that could have been it for me. Like I could have gone home and like, I don't want to do that again. That guy made me feel terrible. Like, and when you're, when you're a young person or you're a woman, like these are people who are just dealing with that because they're young or because they're a woman. And it's like, Hey, you know, yeah, there's assholes out there, but like we, as an industry, we're better than that. And I want people to be a part of a community that's better than that. And we want to say, we don't, we're not going to tolerate that. If you want to talk like that, go somewhere else where that's not what we're doing here, you know? And, yeah. and so creating an environment where anyone can come in and ask a question and not be belittled for it, um, which is kind of the, you know, it's like the, the, what's the cardinal sin of education, right? Like you don't belittle somebody for asking a question. Um, and, and that's the, the fact that we've created an environment where everybody can kind of benefit from everyone else's expertise and there's no shaming or anything like that's something that, that I'm very, very proud of. And it's, it's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I agree with you. I love seeing that. You know, I love seeing when somebody posts a question, whether it's on Sound Girls or or your guys, you know, Facebook page or Hey Audio Student, you know, the fact that nobody, well, very few times do I see anybody give any kind of a snarky answer. If anything, the the person asking the question is almost overwhelmed by, yeah. you know, the number of answers. And especially, you know, I mean, ask, you know, ask. 10 sound guys for an opinion on something, you'll get 20 opinions, you know? So, I mean, it's just, it's the way it is, but it's great to be able to pass that knowledge back and forth. Yeah. And, and, you know, and we don't, we also, particularly recently, because we have a community that's, that's, that's being responsible, right. We hit some pretty heavy topics. Yeah. We talk about some of the taboos in this industry and we talk about, about things that people, sort of uncomfortably just just deal with and it's like no like we're gonna have a conversation about this as professionals and and you know you know but you know almost without exception people have been like hey i'm really glad to hear that perspective i hadn't thought about that or i'm gonna be more you know mindful of what that person was saying because i now i understand what they're talking about like that's um that's a really really good thing that people are doing you know and and i think that's sort of what we need more of in this industry Absolutely agreed, man. And I'm, I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud to be a part of it. And uh, it's, you know, we need to do more of it, man. Well, thanks, man. That's, we, I, I, I speak for, for the whole team when I, I say we definitely, uh, we definitely appreciate that. But yeah, it's, it's something that when I called Keith in 2018 and said, I think I want to start a podcast, you know, and it, I didn't, I didn't think anyone was ever going to like care about like i just like i get to talk to sound engineers that i look at like that was it for me was the kid in the candy store like hey let, yeah i want to ask questions to scoville and pooch and i have questions for you so yeah. maybe if i have a podcast they'll talk to me right and that was it that was as far as i got so the fact that i mean just i think last week or two weeks ago quarter quarter million downloads or something like that you know yeah. like yeah. that was not again here's the theme that was not the goal that was not the plan i just said i think this is cool i'm gonna do it and it's changed my life, the amazing community that we have and, and just how much more joy is in my day because of the people that I get to interact with. And it's, it's, it's just incredible, man. It's just, just the coolest thing. I hear you, man. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to accomplish the same kind of thing. And, you know, of course, my world is more studio world and everything. But, man, same kind of feeling of just, oh, yeah, I get to ask questions of all these people. You know, it's just – and to be able to then not just ask those questions but be able to pass that knowledge on to other people too. Mm -hmm. It's like – just, I feel like, you know, we're doing some, we're doing some good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it really is. And that's the stuff that like, yeah, you know, I want to, 
I want to be able to hand the PA off to the front of house engineer and they go, great, it sounds good. And they don't need anything. I want to mix a good sounding show. I want the artist to be happy. I want all those things because I want to be good at my job. Right. But the stuff that I really like feel good about when I go to bed at night is not that it's, Hey, this person that you've been working with for two years, cause they really wanted this gig. They, they got the gig or, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Or they, they asked for yeah. a reason they got it and they didn't have confidence until you talked to them about it. And then they realized that they're valuable and then they got what they had. Like, those are the things like we're, we're helping people better themselves, man. Yeah. We're, we're just you know? making our little corner of the world just a little bit better. Yeah. I like to, I love to say like, you know, it's raining and I can't stop the rain, but you can stand under my umbrella. That's kind of where I'm at. You know, that's cool. That yeah. pretty much says it all right there. <laughs> nice. Michael Lawrence. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm Daniel Keller. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and join us each week for insights and sound.